all stand. I am glad today that I am not the one that has to do the keeping. He is the one that does the keeping. Amen. And he is more than capable of keeping us. You are kept today, kept by the mighty strong hand of the Lord. What a blessing. Let's have the men that will come and let's gather around the altar and let's pour our hearts out to the Lord today and let's ask the Lord to be here. Let's ask God to be honored and glorified in everything that's done. We're glad that you're here, and we apologize for all the inconvenience of getting in this morning, but that's part of the process of the work that's going on, and maybe by next Sunday, you'll be able to get back through the main door again. But uh, again, we're just glad to be here, and let's put our mind and heart on the Lord, and let's ask the Lord to move in our midst today. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we come this morning to give you praise and to give you honor and glory that you are a keeping God. We thank you, Lord, for your ability and for your power and your strength and what you mean to our life as a child of God. We ask you now, Lord, to be in control of this service. We know that everything is in your hand, and we ask you today that you would be in complete charge. You'd be Lord of this service. All around this building today, I pray you'd speak to hearts. Give us all a word today that'll help us. Give us a word today that will give us guidance for the days to come. Father, honor yourself today. Do something in the midst of your children. May you receive worship and praise. And we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
and shake hands and fellowship. Be friendly. Introduce yourself. Welcome our visitors today.
last set of ushers come forward to receive our offering. And if you are visiting with us today, we'd appreciate so much if you'd take just a moment to fill out a visitor's card. If you were given a bulletin this morning when you came in, there's a little card you can tear out of the bulletin. If not, there is some cards located in the back of the pews. But we are certainly thrilled about those that are visiting, and we'd like to get to know you and like to send you a thank you note this week and some information about the church. It's a joy to have Brother Thompson and the boys' home with us today. Would everyone from the boys' home stand? Let's welcome them to the services. Good to have you with us. Always a joy to have Brother Thompson and his family. And others that are visiting, we are glad that you're here. Let me just make mention of a couple of things again. We do have, we're having to do everything different today due to the work that's going out front. And uh, hopefully next Sunday we'll be able to get back in if they get the slab port this week and things. <clears throat> but uh, you can go out these doors, the side and whatever there. And, and for you that are not familiar or uh, in the habit of coming in from the side, just watch this step here. There's a step up there and it's very easy to miss that we don't want anybody to get hurt I think I had a couple of folks that uh, maybe fell this morning and so watch that as you go out but uh, we appreciate your patience and all these things that are going on next Sunday brother Victor Maxwell will be with us brother Victor is pastor of the Banbridge Baptist Church in Banbridge Ireland and this is just outside of Belfast brother Victor was with us last year and was a blessing to us and and he is in the States again and he'll be with us next Sunday you'll enjoy him if you missed him last year then uh, you want to be here next Sunday morning and next Sunday night, and he'll be preaching for us and sharing with us the Word of God. So don't forget that next Sunday morning and next Sunday night, Brother Victor Maxwell from uh, Bambridge, Ireland. So keep that in mind. Also, let me just read you a card real quickly. Thank you so much for your visits, cards, and prayers. You can never know what each card and visit meant to both of us. Continue to pray for us, and this is from... Uh, Luther and Barbara Jones. So let's continue to pray for them. Let's pray now. And you give and be faithful in your giving. And I know the Lord will bless you. Father, we thank you for the joy of being able to give to you. And Lord, to know that our money is used for the work of God, to send missionaries around the world and do the work that you have called us to do here. Thank you, Lord, for our people that are faithful in giving. I pray that you would help us all to learn the joy of being able to give to you and to give in an obedient way. Bless the offering now in the further part of this service. In Jesus' name, amen.
There will be no dying, no more trouble or strife. We will live through the ages by that beautiful tree of life. When some glad tomorrow with the saints I'll stand, I'll put on my crown and walk around all over God's promised land. Glory, what a wonderful day. of 10,000 make me a reflection of your light day stars shine down on me let your love shine through me in the
what's wrong and make it right. Days are shining. see a world that's dying wounded by the master of deceit groping in the darkness haunted by the years of past deceit but then I see you standing near me, shining with compassion in your eyes. Jesus, shine down on me. Just let your love shine through me in the night. Whoa. We need his light. We need that day star to shine in us and through us during that time more than ever. He's still Lord today. Is he still Lord in your life? Listen to the words. When I was just a child
Sunday school this morning. Arrows and archers. And of course, it's uh, well, parents and children, parents leading the children, and the archers being the parents and the children being the arrows. I think many times as I take my little boy's hand. He runs up and hugs at his legs. <laughs> I thank God for him. What an awesome responsibility. Oh, but it brings a smile to my face. Joy to my heart. And I know that I need my Lord to to show him the right, right way. I tell Jennifer all the time, I said, I got to really watch out what I do around hell. If I jump up, play, and he does the same thing, it makes me feel glad, but though it makes me have that awesome responsibility on my shoulders that I'm to lead him in the right way. I guess that's the reason why this song does mean so much to me. When I was eight years old, I first started singing this song, but it hasn't hit me so much what that song means. Even until this very day, this very time, if it wouldn't be for the nail-scarred hand of the Lord Jesus Christ, I wouldn't be where I would am now. And I need his leadership every day. I hope I can sing this song in a proper fashion, folks. I'm, I'm filled up. And preacher, I don't mean to take your time, but oh, I just I can't help myself this morning. 
precious Lord Take my hand Lead me on Let me stand I am tired I am weak I am worn To mm, the storm Lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, and lead me on. Mm, when my way, way grows dream. Oh, precious Lord, Lord, linger near. When my life, when my life is almost gone, hear my cry, please hear my call. Mm, hold my hand, Lord, lest I fall. Take my hand, precious Lord, and lead me home. Mm, when the darkness, darkness appears, and the night draws near, and the day it's past and gone. Oh, at the real river I stand. Hold my feet, Lord, hold my hand. Oh, take my hand. Oh, precious Lord, and lead me home. Precious Lord, please take my hand. Lead me on, Lord. Please help me to stand. Because, Lord, I get tired sometimes. I get a little weak. Oh, and so on. I said, through the storm, oh, through the night. Yes, to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, and let me stand. The book of First Samuel, chapter one. If I got it on, Rick. First Samuel, chapter one. Wasn't that a blessing this morning? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for all the good music this morning. 1 Samuel 1, while you're finding your place, let me remind uh, the men that all the meetings are changed. We're a week behind on everything due to the program we had last Sunday night. The deacons meet tonight rather than the mission committee, the mission committee next week. So make a note of that. I want you to stand as we honor the reading of his word. For a few Sunday mornings, I have been sharing with you a few messages on women in the Bible. And we've been trying to glean lessons from women in the Bible. And there are certain women in the Bible that we can learn some wonderful things from. For example, we looked at a woman that taught us that God can supply our needs. I don't care what your needs are, God is able to supply those needs. And we looked at a woman that taught us that God can supply our needs. We also looked at a woman that taught us that God can bring our children back. You may have a child that is away from God. You may have a son or a daughter that's living in sin. Well, we looked at a woman that taught us that God is able to bring our children back. This morning, I want us to look at a woman that teaches us that God can answer prayer. God is able to answer our prayers. And here is a woman that teaches us 
that God can answer prayer. Look at verse 9, the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1. This is a woman we're familiar with. Her name is Hannah. The Bible said in verse 9, So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away, put away thine, thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Thank you. you may be seated. Let's pray. And then for just a little while this morning, I want us to think about a woman that teaches us that God can answer prayer. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Let's let this woman speak to our hearts this morning. Let's pray. Our Father, as we have gathered here this morning, it has been a worthwhile time to be in the house of God. Already, Lord, you have blessed our hearts, and already you have ministered to our hearts. I know that there are many hearts today that needed a fresh breeze from the other side. And so I thank you today for ministering to hearts and for blessing hearts and for most of all lifting up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are Lord and we thank you today for your Lordship. May we be absolutely surrendered to that Lordship. May there be nothing about us that is not submitted to your Lordship. So we thank you today for being Lord. Now, Father, today speak to us through your word. Lord, I pray that you would use this woman today to teach us lessons, lessons that will help us to realize and understand that we can pray and get things from you. Lord, there may be those in the room today that need to get something from you. They desperately need to get something from you. So I pray today that you will give them a word from your word. Honor the Lord Jesus now, and we'll praise you and thank you and open our hearts and minds to what you will say, for it is in the name of the Lord Jesus we pray and ask these things. Amen. I read about a story in a little town. This is a true story. A little town that had historically been dry. But there was this local businessman that decided that he was going to build a tavern or a bar in this town. Well, the little church in town got concerned about the matter, and so they began to pray, and they called an all-night prayer meeting asking God to intervene in the building of this tavern. Well, it so happened that shortly thereafter that lightning struck the tavern, and the tavern burned to the ground. The owner of the tavern sued the church and took them to court holding them responsible. Well, the church hired a lawyer and argued claiming that the congregation was not responsible. So the judge that was to rule over this case, after the initial rule of the case, this is what he had to say. He said, no matter how this case comes out, one thing is clear. The tavern owner believes in prayer and the church doesn't. Well, I think about that. I'm afraid that would be the testimony of many of a believer. 
I would, if I were to ask you this morning, how many of you believe in, pow, in the power of prayer? How many of you believe that God answers prayer? I'm sure that everybody in this room would raise their hand as a testimony. Yes, I believe in the power of prayer. But I wonder how many of you really believe in the power of prayer? How many of you really down deep in your heart believe that God can answer prayer? I believe that many believers would have to say with Job 21 verse 15, what profit should we have if we pray unto Him? If many were honest today in this room and anywhere you would go, they would have to admit in their heart that if they pray, they wouldn't really believe that they would get an answer. They would not believe that there would be any profit in their praying because they would not expect to get anything from God or to get their prayers answered. You really do not believe in the power of prayer. I recently came across a little thing called top excuses if you were to fall asleep at your desk. If you were to fall asleep at your desk and your boss was to find you, here are the top excuses that you could use. One, oh man, come in at 6 o'clock in the morning and look what happens. That would be a good one to use if you're called asleep. Or another to use was they told me at the blood bank this might happen. Or another excuse to use is, whoo, I guess I left, off the top, left the top off the liquid paper. Another one you could use is, boy, that cold medicine I took last night just won't wear off. But the top response that you could give if caught asleep at your desk is, and I especially thank you for my excellent boss, amen. But I want to say to you this morning that there is profit in prayer, and I'm not talking about as an excuse if you're caught asleep at your desk. I'm talking about a God that hears and answers prayer. I'm talking about this morning that you can get answers from God when you pray. Hannah is a good example of that. Hannah teaches us that God can answer prayer. Hannah teaches us that God can answer our prayers. So let's look at the story this morning, a very familiar story. And I want to point out three simple things from the text that my heart is drawn to as I look at this story and think about God answering our prayers. The first thing that I want you to notice from the text is Hannah prayed unto the Lord. Would you underscore that statement for just a moment? The Bible said in verse 10, chapter 1 of 1 Samuel, that Hannah prayed unto the Lord. Now when I read that statement of Hannah praying, and I find Hannah praying to the Lord, I ask this question, why did Hannah pray? What was the reason behind Hannah praying to God? What was the purpose in her prayer? What is the purpose in prayer in general? When we talk about praying and seeking God, and if I were to admonish you to pray, what do I mean and what is the real reason that we pray? Look at the story. And I find in Hannah's example of praying here what prayer is all about. For one thing, I see that prayer is a matter of approaching God. When you talk about prayer, what is prayer, what is the purpose in prayer, you find that it's simply a matter of approaching God. For you notice in verse 5 and 6 that Hannah had a burden on her heart. Verse 5, the latter part said, but the Lord had shut up her womb. You notice the last part of verse 6, the Bible said the Lord had shut up her womb. You see, there was a burden on the heart of Hannah. There was a, something in her heart that was bothering her. There was a trial in her life. For some reason, she had not been able to give birth to a child. And like every woman, she wanted to give birth to a child. She wanted to be able to have a baby. And so this was the burden on her heart. She wanted to have a child. What you have in this story is Hannah bringing her burden to God. You have Hannah approaching God. You have Hannah coming to someone that she knew had the ability to do something about her situation. Now, what is prayer? When we talk about praying, what do we mean when we talk about praying? Prayer is simply this. It's a matter of coming to God. It is a matter of approaching God. It is coming to God with the burdens that touch our life. It is coming to God with the needs that touch our life. Whatever the needs are in our life, prayer is approaching God. But not only is prayer approaching God, but second of all, it's a matter of asking God. For you see, prayer is not only approaching God with the burdens of our life, but it's coming to God and asking God to do something about those burdens in our heart. Now listen to me this morning. What does it mean to pray? The Bible said Hannah prayed unto the Lord. What was Hannah doing? Hannah was coming to God. There was a burden in her life, and she's bringing that burden to God. 
And not only is she bringing that burden to God, but she asks God to do something about the need in her life. You see, that's what prayer is all about. Prayer in a nutshell is coming to God and asking God to meet the needs in our life. I think about what God said to Solomon in 1 Kings 5. In 1 Kings 5, in verse, or chapter 3 and verse 5, here's what God said to Solomon. He said, ask what I shall give thee. Now, God's word to Solomon was, ask me. Solomon, what is it that you want? Ask me. In that one statement, you have the heart and the soul of prayer. Prayer is a matter of approaching God, is a matter of coming to God, and it's a matter of asking God to meet the needs that are upon our heart. Someone has well said that if you can't sleep, don't count sheep, talk to the shepherd. That's what real prayer is about. If there are burdens in your life and there are needs in your life, come to God with those needs. Bring those needs to God. Bring those burdens to God. And pour your soul out before God and ask God to meet those needs. That's the heart of prayer. That is what prayer is all about. Now, when I realize the purpose of prayer, it is so inviting. It is so encouraging to us this morning that if I've got needs in my life and if you've got needs in your life, that we can come to God with those needs. That we do not have to bear those burdens alone. And we do not have to go through what we're going through alone, but we can come to God with the needs of our lives and the burdens of our life and not only come to Him, but lay those things before God. That's what prayer is all about. It is the purpose of prayer that is invited. Doesn't it encourage your heart this morning to know that you've got someone to go to in the hard times of life? Aren't you glad that you can come to God and you can bring your needs to God and ask God to meet those needs? That's the purpose of prayer. And it is so inviting, so encouraging to us. But look at something else from the story I learned about prayer. Not only do I learn the purpose of prayer and how inviting it is when I realize that I can come to God and I can ask God to meet needs in my life, but second of all, I see the practice of prayer that is so instructive. The practice of prayer in Hannah's life that is so instructive. You find Hannah praying, but how did Hannah pray? I think about a story I read one time about Dr. George W. Truett. Dr. Truett, pastor of the First Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas for a number of years, was a great, great Baptist preacher. And Dr. Truett was one of the first that ever broadcast on the radio, and it was his custom to always spend Saturdays getting ready for Sunday. He would rarely take an appointment on Saturday. He would rarely receive a call on Saturday. It was his day to get his heart and mind ready for the Lord's day. He would spend the day praying and studying. But on one particular day, the phone began to ring, and it rang, and it rang, and it rang, and it rang. Dr. Truett started not to answer the phone, but it just kept on ringing. And he sensed there was some kind of emergency. He picked up the telephone and said, Hello. And a frantic voice on the other end of the line said, Is this the preacher I've heard on the radio? Dr. Truett said, yes, I do preach on the radio. And the voice said, I'll be by in five, ten minutes to get you. Be out front waiting on me. And before Dr. Truett could say anything, they hung up the telephone. He sensed there was something wrong. He didn't recognize the voice, but he sensed in the tone of the voice that there was some urgency there. So he walked out in front of the house. In a few minutes, an automobile came speeding around the corner. And it stopped, and an arm reached out, and a hand reached out, and literally jerked the preacher into the car. Dr. Truett got his composure and he noticed the man driving the car. He looked like he hadn't shaved in two or three days. There were dark circles under his eyes. It looked like he hadn't slept in several days. His clothes were wrinkled and he looked like he'd slept in them and he hadn't changed them in several days. Dr. Truett looked at him and says, wait, 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 wait just a minute. What's going on? What's going on? And the man looked at Dr. Truett and said, Dr. Truett, he said, I have a little seven-year-old girl in the hospital and said, the doctors have done everything they can for her. And then this is what he said to the preacher. He said, preacher, he said, my little girl doesn't need a doctor anymore. My little girl doesn't need a hospital anymore. My little girl doesn't need a mama and daddy anymore. He said, preacher, my little girl needs somebody that can get a hold of God when they pray. Dr. Truett went on to tell the story of the miracle that God wrought in that hospital room that night. But I think of what that man said to that preacher that day. He said, preacher, my little girl needs somebody that can get a hold of God when they pray. Now, when you look at Hannah, you find prayer that gets a hold of God. When you look at Hannah praying, you find somebody that prays in such a way that it gets things done. 
Now, how did Hannah pray? I want you to point out four ways that Hannah prayed in our story. Look in verse 11. You see, first of all, that Hannah prayed specifically. Look in verse 11. The Bible says, She vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou would indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I'll give him to the Lord. Notice how she prayed. She said, Lord, give me a child. She prays specifically. She's not praying in, in vague generalities. It's not a rote prayer here, but she comes to God and she says, God, I want a child. And even more specifically, she says, Lord, I want a man-child. You see how Hannah's praying? She is praying in a very definite way. She's praying in a very, very specific way. She comes to God and she says, God, this is what I'm coming about. I want a child. God, I want a son. She is praying specifically. Andrew Murray in his little book with Christ in the school of prayer said, our prayers must not be a vague appeal to his mercy or an indefinite cry for blessing, but the distinct expression of definite need. What is Murray saying in that statement? He's saying that when we come to God, we must come to God with specific requests. That when we come to God, it's just not just praying in generalities, but saying, dear God, this is why I am here. God, this is what I am praying about. Hannah, just like Hannah, she come and she said, God, I want a child. I want a man child. God, I am praying for a son. That's how you pray. You come to God and you pray specifically. Look at something else about her praying. Not only did she pray specifically, but she prayed submissively. Look again at verse 11. She said in verse 11, but she said, if thou wilt. Notice that about halfway down, about four lines down. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid. Now note carefully, she did not say, if thou can. Now Hannah didn't doubt the ability of God. Hannah didn't have it. That was not the issue. Hannah knew that God was able. Hannah knew that there was nothing that she could ask God for that he did not have the ability to do. No, she's not saying, if thou can. But she's saying, Lord, if thou wilt. What she's praying is a matter, is this the will of God? She's coming to God. She prays specifically, Lord, I am coming to you for this reason. Lord, I am praying that you give me a child. I am praying that you give me a son. But in a submissive way, she said, but Lord, if it be thy will. Someone as well said that nothing lies outside the reach of prayer except that which lies outside the will of God. 1 John 5 and verse 14 and 15 said that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if he hears us, we have the things that we ask him for. You see, the one determining factor in God answering prayer is it his will. God will never answer prayer that is not within his will. And so when Hannah prays to God, she prays specifically, Lord, give me a child. But she prays submissively, Lord, if it be the will of God. Now listen, when we pray, we pray like, should pray like Hannah. Lord, this is why I am coming. This is what I am praying for. What is your need? Call that need out to God. If it's a financial need, tell that need to God. Now, God knows it. Yes, it's not a thing about you or me that he doesn't know. But God wants us to tell him. And he wants us to come and pray specifically. Tell God what it is. If it's a person you are praying for, call that person's name out to God. But remember that when you pray, you are praying, Lord, if it be the will of God. Remember this, prayer is not getting our will done in heaven. Prayer is getting God's will done on earth. That's why Jesus taught us to pray in the model prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Not just a kingdom out there in the future that will be set up on the earth, but he's saying, Thy kingdom come right now. Will you establish your rule and reign in my life? As Sherry sung a while ago, he is Lord. Lord, you come. Thy kingdom come. You be the ruler of my life and your will be done. How do we pray and get things from God? Pray specifically. Pray submissively. But look at the third thing in verse 10. Hannah not only prayed specifically, and she not only prayed submissively, if thou will, but she prayed fervently in verse 10. The Bible said she was in bitterness of soul and she prayed unto the Lord and wept 
sore. Look at the latter part of verse 15. She said, but, have, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. See that expression, poured out? It's like a runner running in a race. And as he comes to the final yards of the race, he stretches himself out, pours every part of his strength out to reach that ticker tape or that line. Hannah said, I have come to God. She came to God with a broken heart. Her praying was not casual. Her praying was not without feeling or emotion. She prayed fervently. She poured out her soul before God. She comes before God and she, she weeps and agonizes before God. How did she pray? She said, God, I want a child. And Lord, if it be your will, I pray you give me a son. And she prays before God and she pours out her soul before God. She prays fervently. I think of one occasion when Martin Luther visited his dear friend Philip Melanchthon that was ill and dying. And Luther went to see him, and all the usual signs of death were present. The cold, clammy sweat, the fixed eyes, and the semi-coma state that he was in. And when Luther saw his dear friend, it broke his heart. And he turned away from the bed, and he took a few steps, and he fell upon his knees, and Luther began to pray. And he said that Luther prayed for over an hour, pleading with God, agonizing with God on the behalf of his dear friend. This is how Luther explained it. He said, this time I sought the Almighty God with vigor. I attacked him with his own weapons, the promises of God's Word. God would raise up Melanchthon and he would serve God for many years. But here's how Luther prayed. He said, this time I sought the Almighty God with vigor. He fell before God. He pours his heart out before God. He agonizes in prayer. That's how Hannah prayed. Now listen to me. How do we get things from God? What kind of praying is it that gets a hold of God? It is praying specifically. It is praying submissively. It is praying fervently. James said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You see, prayer that gets things done, prayer that gets things from God is not the kind of prayer where we fall on our knees for a moment and say, now God, I want you to do this and I'd appreciate if you'd do it in Jesus' name, amen. No, the kind of praying that gets things from God, the kind of praying that gets God to move and respond is the kind of praying where we pour our soul out before God. That's how Hannah prayed. But look at the fourth way she prayed. She not only prayed specifically, and submissively and fervently. But look in verse 12. She prayed continually. The Bible said it came to pass as she continued praying. See that? That phrase, it came to pass, I think is somewhat connected to that statement. Back in verse 7, I believe it is, as he did so year by year. I think what you see, the scene that you find here, was not a one-time scene. But it's a scene that was repeated year after year after year. Every year they would go up the temple to worship God. And every year as they went up to the temple to worship God, Hannah would find her a place alone. And before God, she began to pray for a child. She sought the will of God. God, if it be your will, I pray you give me a child. Every year she came back and she poured her soul out before God. She kept on praying. She prayed continually. She kept praying. What kind of prayer is it that gets things from God? What kind of praying it is that gets things done? It's when we pray specifically. It's when we pray submissively. It is when we pray fervently. It is when we pray continually. Jesus taught us to pray continually. You read the teachings of our Lord about prayer and you'll find that over and over He taught us how we ought to keep praying for something until we get an answer or God says no. He said in Luke chapter 18 verse 1 that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray. Not meaning that we're to always be praying every moment, but the ideal is that we're to continually pray. That whatever it is we are seeking God about, whatever petition it is that we're bringing to God, men ought always to pray and not, not to faint. Don't quit praying. Don't get discouraged in your prayer. Don't give up in your prayer. Pray. He's talking about praying continually. George Mueller, I guess, is history's greatest example of prayer. And in his autobiography, he wrote these words. And listen to him carefully. Mueller said, it is not enough to begin to pray, nor pray aright, 
nor is it enough to continue for a time to pray, but we must pray patiently, believingly, continuing in prayer until we obtain an answer. What is it Mueller was saying to us? You keep praying. You learn to pray continually. Bengal wrote, a Christian should not leave off praying till his heavenly Father gives him leave by permitting him to obtain. Keep on praying. Now listen to me this morning. There is the purpose of prayer. It is approaching God. It is the matter of asking God. Whatever needs touch our lives, whatever burdens touch our life, we come to God with those needs. We ask God to meet those needs. And we come to God with the purpose of getting God to answer our prayer. Now, how, what kind of praying is it that gets answers? It's when we learn to pray specifically. Are you with me this morning? Amen? It's when we pray submissively, thy will be done. It is when we pray fervently, we pour our heart into the very thing we're asking God for. It's when we pray continually. Are you praying for something or someone? Then don't quit praying. You keep on praying. You keep on asking God to pray. A little a preacher had a little five-year-old girl, and she noticed that every time just before her dad would bring his message that he would always, he paused and bow his head for just a moment. And so the little girl asked him, said, Dad, why do you do that? And the dad said, well, honey, I'm asking the Lord to help me preach a good sermon. And she said, well, how come he doesn't do it? Well, it may be the reason God doesn't answer prayer. I felt that way sometimes, Amen. But why is it that God, why would it be that God would not answer our prayer? Maybe we're not praying specifically. Maybe we're not praying submissively. Maybe we're not praying fervently. Maybe we're not praying continually. That's the kind of prayer that Hannah prayed. That's the way she prayed. And it is so instructive to us this morning. But look at the third and final thing. You not only see the purpose of prayer that is inviting. To be able to approach God. To be able to bring our needs to God and ask God to do something in our situation. That is so inviting. And the practice of prayer that is so instructive. How to pray and the kind of praying that gets a hold of God. And the kind of praying that gets things done. But thirdly, you see the power of prayer that is inspiring. For you see, as I said in the very beginning, Hannah teaches us that God can answer our prayers. We see why she prayed. We see how she prayed. But I want you to notice that Hannah...